talking about, right? And so the title of today's message is What We Know. What We Know. And it goes, kind of goes back to what Michelle was talking about with the song Waymaker. We know that God is the Waymaker. He's the promise keeper. He's the way out. He's made a way out for all of us. And we can't lose sight of that. But talking about all the joy that the holiday brings, how many of you realize a lot of people don't get to experience that joy? I'm going to make you think a little bit today. But please pay attention because this is very, very specifically for somebody. But now a lot of people don't experience that joy. And there's many, many reasons why they don't experience the joy. And, 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 and they... It can be a financial situation. It can be a relationship situation. It can just be some bad decision situations. It can be just. It can just be life, right? Be life because and because of everything that's going on, they're 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 not experiencing the joy of the holiday. And all of those factors, when you think about it, those all of those factors, the negative factors in our life, and the deg- negative problems that we face, the storms in our life, the the tribulations that we deal with, the trials that we go through, all of that is a part of this broken world. But when we face all of that, those things, if you focus on them, do what? They make you sad. They steal your joy. They steal your joy. And this is, this is what I want to talk about today. Because I'm not talking about the people that are just in a, in a rough spot and, and they can't afford to buy things to make them happy. I'm talking about people who have lost their joy, who are pressed down and they're, they're in a state where they're just sad, they're depressed, and that's how the world would classify this, depressed. And I'm going to tell you something, depression is something the enemy has mastered in our lifetime. As a matter of fact, it's one of the top prescribed medications in the United States. Keith probably knows more about that uh, just being in the medical field. But the point is, is it's bad. It's dangerous. But it is controllable. That's what I want you to understand today. It is controllable. Right? God has made a way. And that's why I titled this What We Know. Because when when we've sat and we've talked with people who are going through storms or going through trials and going through troubles in their life, and we've done this many, 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 many times here in other churches and in a lot of other churches and other places and all of this, there's a reoccurring theme. And, and this is why I titled this What We Know. And that, that is that people get into these storms and they get into the problems of life and they get into all of the tragedies and the hardships and all of the things that come against them. And the problem with when they get into this and they're going to it and they're going through it, is they lose their focus from what they know is true. And then what, what begins to consume them is their focus goes to the unknown. Their focus goes to what they don't know. And we'll talk more about that here in just a minute. So, and so, so what I'm saying is, is people get so consumed with trying to figure out all the whys and figure out all of uh, how to fix it and what to do and all of this that they lose sight of what they already know is true. Right, and that, and I'm going to tell you that's very dangerous, right? Because we're and we're going to talk about the answer to that today. And I'm going to tell you, you don't even have to have a prescription to get it, right? And I know this is the world's solution for it. And I'm I'm not against medication, guys. Don't don't get me wrong. If you need your medication, then you have to take your medication. But God is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. He thought all of this thing out a long time ago, and He made a way for it. And all you have to do is access it by faith, right? He has an answer for your sadness. He has an answer for your loneliness. And He has an answer for your depression, 
right? And, and listen, I believe there's a balance between medication and spiritual. I believe 100% that you can live by faith and walk in perfected healing and not need all of that. But for some people, their healing is in that medication and they do need that medication. But I, I, haven't, I have not and will not uh, go down that road. I don't need to. Right? I've lived my life by the faith and my trust in my God, my Father in heaven. Right? Glory to God. But if you're, we're going to talk about the answer to your loneliness, answer to your depression, answer to your sadness, answer to what is stealing your joy. Amen? And I'm going to encourage you in this. It starts with your thoughts. Right? It starts with your thoughts. In other words, how many of you know you can control your thought life? Yeah. Well, and that's one for debate. I mean, you can, but people will debate you on this. And there again, when we're talking with people that are in hardships, especially with addictions, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be sex, pornography, whatever it may be, that when you sit down and then people really are reaching out for help and they're explaining what they're going through, and then one of the first things that come out of their mouth is, I can't control it. I can't control their, their thought life. Guys, you can control your thought life. That's a cop-out. not saying it's going to be easy. All right? I'm not, this is the importance of keeping the enemy out of your life. Because, see, it's easier to keep him out than it is to ever allow him to get in and then try to get him out, right? It's a whole different ball game then, right? But everything starts around your thought life. In other words, what you think on is important, and what you think on will either make you sad, or it'll either make you happy. And you can control it. Now the enemy's going to lie to you and tell you you can't control it. You're consumed by this. This is, this, is the, this is controlling you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You might as well ride this train out. But see, that's when you need to go back to what you know is true, which is the Word of God. And know who is the way maker. Who has made the way and how to tap into His power. How to tap into His promises because He's the promise keeper, right? But ultimately, it matters what you think on, right? And it matters what you put your focus on. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can be in the middle of a storm that looks like it's about to take your feet completely out from under you. And some of you may be in the middle of one right now. Because a lot of people that deal with these things, they do it behind the scenes. And they try to do it on their own. And, 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 and that's a whole other message for another day. But you can be in the middle of a storm that looks impossible in the natural. But Michelle just told us we don't live by what we see. We go by what we know, right? But you can be in the middle of that storm facing and in the natural looks like it's about to just take you completely out. But even in the middle of that storm, you can be full of joy. Joy. You're not happy for the storm. You're happy for the solution. Amen. Joy. You cannot let these things in life steal your joy. And you start with your thought life. You can control your thought life. Look with me at Romans 8, chapter, five, I mean, chapter 8, verse 5. Everybody say, I can control my thought life. This is very important, guys. Very important. Because there's so many people convinced they are dealing with what they're dealing with in their life because it's out of their control. But you can control it. The Word of God says you can control the Word of God, it wouldn't tell you to do these things if it wasn't possible. Amen? Verse 5. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6. 
For to be carnally minded is death. Let's stop right there. To be carnally minded is to be physical, is to be worldly minded, is to think on the things of the world. What does that mean? That means if you're going to look at your problem or your storm that you're facing or that's coming against you, if you only look at it from the world's perspective, come on, and if you only try to solve it with worldly ways, come on, that's going to bring death. But let's keep reading there. That's not where God leaves it, right? It says, it goes on, it says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded brings life and peace. What does that mean? That means that that when you take the spiritual perspective when you're facing a problem, and, and you view it from the Word of God, and view it from the promises of God, and view it from the fact of who you are in Christ, and view it from the fact that you are an overcomer. Why? Because the Word of God says it. And that is a promise to you. And He is the way maker and the promise keeper. Come on, when you view it from that way, that brings life. But see, you have to choose. You have to make that choice. See, God gave us all free will to choose. Amen. So it matters what you think on, guys. It matters. And you can control it. Didn't say it was going to be easy. Didn't say it was, it was going to be a piece of cake. But you can control As a matter of fact, you have to. Because we read right there, it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death. People wonder why they keep falling astray and into some sin. And, and you have to, I always go to them and I say, well, what are you thinking on? What are you dwelling on in your private time, in your driving time, when you're alone, when you're by yourself? Because you understand what you're thinking on and the things that you're dwelling on, that's what's going to drive you in a certain way, in a certain direction. Right? And, and, and if you're constantly thinking about that, your secretary at work and, and this, that, and the other, before you know it, you and your secretary are just going to be in a wrong situation at the wrong time, right? Glory to God. Now problems are going to come. See, what you think on matters, right? And you always, we've talked about this many times, but the most, it's not the biggest way that the enemy attacks us, but the most successful way that the enemy attacks us is in our thought life. He gets you to thinking. He gets you to thinking, stinking, thinking. He gets you thinking on this, thinking on that. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows what will tempt you. He knows if you're struggling with something. He, and if you're struggling with alcohol, it's just always going to be conveniently be there. Right? He knows all of these things. But it's up to you to control your thought life. Brother Hagin used to say it like this, you can't control the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in the top of your hair. Right? You can't control the thought from coming. But when it comes, what you do with it determines what happens next. Right? And that's when you've got to be, be diligent to cast those thoughts down. Be quick to cast those thoughts down. Right? Glory to God. But the enemy wants you focusing on those thoughts. He wants you thinking, focusing on the problem and, and focusing on, 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 on all the negative things in that situation. Focusing, focusing on all, all the bad things instead of focusing on the solution, right? And this is why he wants to keep you thinking badly, or thinking, uh, I call it stinking thinking, you know, but that's where he wants to keep you. And, yeah, carnal. Uh, and, you know, when I was talking about uh, counseling people and, and, and talking with people and helping people through situations and through trials and seeing what they struggle in, and seeing the fact that they, they, they always go to the place of what they don't know. 
And, they, they, and then they end up staying there to the point where they lose complete sight about what they do know. What I mean by that is, is people go through a tragedy. And it can be whatever, a divorce, it can be a relationship, it can be, you know, it can be a, a storm, it can be an accident, it can, it can be anything. But when they go through that, and maybe they, they don't know enough about the Word, all right? And, and, and they, they do know a little, but maybe they don't. And, 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 you know, they, and when they hit this, and then when they come to you for help, and you sit down with them, and you start letting them talk, and start letting them share what they're dealing with, and what they're thinking on, and what they're trying to figure out, I would say 95% of them are always trying to figure out why. Why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why, 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 why? And then they become, they become so consumed by the whys and they become so focused on figuring this out and why am I hurting and, and how do I fix it and all of this. They become so focused on this and this is being carnally minded, keep, keep in mind. And they're focused on all of this. They're trying to do all of this in their own strength and never once, you never hear them think or speak along the lines of what they've been taught as true, which is what the Word of God says on the situation. And they wonder why they have no joy. Amen? Now listen, I know this isn't a run around the room jumping message, but this is for somebody and this is very important. What you think on matters. And you can control what you think on. And please don't ever, don't ever, ever, ever think if you struggle with depression or sadness that, that you're alone. I know a minister right now. He was in ministry for about 12 years. Full-time, full-time pastor. Struggled with depression the whole 12 years. And, and it wasn't easy for him. He never let it get him, though. He never let it. He did eventually step down from ministry and has moved on to other things, but he never let it get him down. He, it was a battle, but it was a battle that he fought and never gave up. So the point is, is you never know who's dealing with it. You're not alone. Not alone if you are dealing with it, right? But listen, God, Satan wants to keep you focused on the, trying to figure out the unknown. That's when he takes advantage of people. He gets them there, and this is how God gets a bad rap. People are trying to figure this out, and they get frustrated, they get aggravated. Why is God doing this? Why is God? Why is this happening? Why is why is that? Why 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 why? And I got to fix this. I got to figure it all out. And and, and 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 they get so focused because their thinking is completely carnal. They're losing sight of God. They're losing sight of what they know. And some of that, guys, comes from people not understanding trials and tribulations. Trials and tribulations are a part of this broken world. Okay? And I'm, I'm going to, maybe you don't know a lot on that, but there, I'm not prophesying over you. I'm not speaking that over you. I'm just telling you, you're going to face some issues in this life. Let's just be real, right? But the good thing is, is we know who our answer is. We know who our source is, right? But a lot of people don't understand that trials and tribulations come, but you've got to understand God's not in the trial or the tribulation. God's not sending that to you to teach you something. God is allowing that to teach you something because it's a refining process. See, there's a refining process in all our lives as we're walking the road of sanctification towards the plan of what God's got called for us. You know, Jesus said we're going to do greater works than Him when He goes to be with the Father, right? You want to know why a lot of people aren't doing greater works? They're not passing the test. They're, not getting, they're getting in the middle of the trial. 
and they're becoming so focused on the, on the, on the things that they don't know and the faith, things of the world of, about fixing and taking care of this problem. And maybe at that point, they get, can't figure it all out and they're aggravated and now they're blaming God and now they're separated from God. And guess what? God was just trying to, God allowed that in their life. He's trying to refine them because He needs them up here. They may be down here. He needs them to go through this to learn their faith and their trust in God. He didn't put it on them, right? Come on, that goes completely against God's nature. Completely against God's nature. He's not in your storm. And, and you know, you've got to understand, there are things we don't know in this lifetime. And even as ministers, you've got to be able to say that sometimes we just don't know. And there are a lot of ministers that say that God will give you a storm and give you this and give you that to teach you something. And they're sadly mistaken. God's not going to kill your children to humble you. God's not going to steal your spouse to make you a better husband. God doesn't do any. That goes completely against His nature. First off, why would He kill one of your family members to teach you something when He just gave His only Son to save that person? It goes completely against God's nature. He wouldn't do that. But you've got to understand that tribulations happen. Tribulations come. And when you understand that that's a part of this world and you're going to face problems but you don't face them sadly. You never lose your joy. You face them with joy because of the solution that He provided for all of us, which is Jesus Christ in that situation. Amen? Very, very important. Because too many people are blaming God for some things that God did not do. God didn't do. God is trying to refine His people. That's why He allows things in your life. And if you're going through a hard time, or if you've been through some hardships, some tough stuff, and you've been, you're, maybe you've gotten over that, you should smile because God's got something big for you. The bigger the trial, the bigger the tribulations, God's preparing you for something. He, he, may, he may need you up here. You know. Amen? He may, and He's refining you to get you here. Because see, when He gets you up here, He needs you to have full and complete trust in Him. He needs you to understand your faith life. He needs you to understand your love walk. He needs you to understand your forgiveness. He needs you to understand all of these things. And He allows these things in your life to refine you, to get you here. What you need to make sure is that you don't get in the middle of your trial and give up and lose your joy and get mad and frustrated and blame God and blame Him. Why are you doing this, God? I know a guy right now that had a situation. His daughter was killed in a car accident. And it happened about 16 years ago. And he was always in church. He was actually a deacon in the church that he was in. And after his daughter's accident, he blamed God. And has never been back to church. That I know of. I haven't talked with him in probably about six years, but never been back to church. It's really sad. Guys, you've got to understand something. In this life... You need to settle something in your heart. There are things that we, we won't have an answer for. And when you, when you settle that in your heart, then it stops you from being so drawn to try to figure everything out completely. Because that's where everybody gets distracted. They're, so, they're trying to figure out all of the, the struggles and the pain and the storm and, and all of that, and they lose sight of God. Amen. But there are things that we don't know. Deuteronomy 29, 29. And I'll read this out of the New Living. I'm actually going to give you two verses on this. But there's things that we don't know. Right? As, as your pastor, I have to tell you, there's things that we, there are answers that we won't have when we walk this earth. There are answers that won't, won't come to us until we get to, to, get to heaven and get to, to get to get before God and to ask Him some of these things. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. 
It says, the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. God has secrets. God has things that we do not, we will not know. But we are responsible for what he reveals for us. Point is, is don't get so focused on trying to figure out the things that, the unknown, the things that we don't know. Stay with what we know is true. Put your faith there and move on. When you go through the struggles of life and the troubles of life and the storms of life, don't get focused on the whys. Don't get focused on who's doing this. Just smile and know that the Word of God says you are an overcomer. God has made a way for you to get through this. And do stand firm and refuse to quit. And don't lose your joy. You can't. You cannot lose your joy. You know, Paul actually talked about that in First Corinthians thirteen nine when he told us. He says, "We only know in part. We only there are things we don't know. There are things we don't know." Glory to God. And see, when when Satan gets you to that place of not knowing, that's when he takes advantage of you. And he gets in there and he convinces you, God's doing this. God's trying to hurt you. God doesn't love you. Why? Because God, the, the, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, well, amen. I come so that you may have life. Not just life, but you get to have it more abundantly. See, the enemy's trying to separate you from God. And if he can get you doing some stinking thinking, thinking on things and focusing over here trying to figure everything out and you need to learn to let it go and live by faith and trust in God and what you know is true, if he can separate you from all of that, he separated you from the power of God. Now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. Amen. And that's how God gets blamed for so many things. So many things. You know, we saw this with Ben and Megan when they went through their tornado. And it, I mean, it, I can only imagine. I mean, they, they can tell you the horror they went through. I do remember seeing them bring them into the... the, the uh, I'll never forget when the, seeing you guys get rolled into the emergency room. Michelle and I were there. I'll never forget, Ben. I don't know if I told you this, but when they rolled you in, your foot was literally hanging off of the, the car. I'm sure you know somebody has told you that at some point. But I was like, oh my gosh. And, and you know, it was pretty tragic, wasn't it? I know Megan will never forget this. I remember when, when we went to Birmingham, to because they had to uh, f- uh, fly Eli to UAB in Birmingham, uh, I, and I remember someone took some pictures of your handprint being bruised into his back from trying to hold him. Still has scars. Yeah, yeah. It was a tragic thing, and there was a lot of people that stood up and from the pulpit, I'm not criticizing them. I'm just telling you, they're wrong. And they said, and they would, they would preach that God's, God's just sent this to teach us something. No, God didn't, God's not in the storm. God's not in the storm. Right? God's not in the storm. Remember Luke 8, 23, when Jesus rebuked the storm? You know, Jesus couldn't, if God, if God was in that storm, how could Jesus rebuke the storm? He could. He's not in the storm. But people would, people would stay. Now, now they could have, Ben and Megan could have got mad at God when they heard that. Well, why would he send that to me to, and put me through that, that pain? And it was harsh and it, was, it, it really stunk. It was tough. And they could have got mad at God and they could have ran. And they could have said, I'm not having nothing else to do with you. Forget it. I'm not anything of this. 
But they didn't. They kept their head, they kept their head up. We, we, kept, we kept visiting them and talking with them and meeting with them and walking them through this and being with them like a pastor should. And, and, and as a result, they've come out of it. And now they've got, so they've got the emotional scars of it. And they, they think back, I'm sure it gets pretty emotional. But they didn't quit. They didn't lose their joy. And now they're, they're on the rebound. Now they're successful business owners, right? And, 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 and they've got a new house. They've got new cars. And, and all of the point is, is God has brought them through this. God, they have overcome that horrible situation because they kept their focus on Him and not focus on the whys and the figuring out what and who and why. Who do I blame? And who, who's responsible in all of this? They never lost sight of what they knew was true, which was the Word of God. And they didn't fall into the fact of blaming God. Listen, we're going to face trials. We're going to face tribulations. They're, going to, they're a part of this broken world. There's nothing you can do about it. But God's made a way through them. God's not in the storm. God's not in the trial. He's not in the tribulation. He's refining you to get you here. If you're facing something right now, don't quit. Don't even fight that battle constantly. Some people get in a trial or a tribulation and that becomes their life. They spend their life fighting it. No, you grit your teeth and you get through that and you determine I'm getting over this because I'm overcoming. I'm not staying here because God needs me here and that's where I'm going. Set that as your goal and you fight your way through and you refuse to quit and you refuse to believe any carnal way or carnal solution. You stay into what you know brings life which is spiritual things. You think along that. You apply those spiritual principles to your life so you can overcome and bring you out of the darkness that's trying to hold you back. It's very important, guys. There's a lot of people, a lot of people are being held back. A lot of people are not where they need to be to do what God's calling them to do. And you can think of it like this. In our life, we're, we're, when we're living in our life, walking the streets, living life, and we face issues, face problems. They can be big ones, they can be little problems. It can just be problems. It's just a broken world. That's what happens. And whenever one rises up, and how many of you know I face those two, probably more than you, right? No, no, I won't say that, but I face, we face a lot. We, it's just part of life. But when those problems come, you've got to make a choice. Because, this is going to be hard to do, I have a microphone here now. But there's two paths that you can go down with your thought life. We read that in Scripture. You can take the carnal path, we'll say that's this one. Alright? Or you can take the spiritual path. That's this one. Now the carnal path, if you take that path, which is, this is the way most people go, they pick that one because that's easy. Do you know human nature is drawn to negative things? We are. You see this especially when there's a car accident on the, on the highway. And, and I mean, I, you, can almost, you can't help but slow down to look. I don't think people really want to see, but they're, they're drawn to it. They want, you know, they're drawn to it. But we're drawn to those negative things. You've got to understand that about our human nature, but you've got to understand also that when you got born again, you became a new creature. You received a new nature. Glory to God. You need to be intentional about making the choice to lean in on that nature, right? But when we face problems in our life, you've got to make a choice. Am I going to take the carnal path? That's the path of least resistance. Now, eventually that path is going to bring you death. Right Now, that, the carnal path is going to minister death to you. It's going to, it's going to minister confusion. It's going to minister chaos. It's going to minister frustration. It's going, to, it's going to minister all of the unknown and trying to figure it all out and the answers that we won't have in this lifetime. All of that comes down that path. But see, God says, wait a minute. I need you to be spiritually minded. Now, I've got a path over here. 
Now this is the spiritual path. This path brings life. That means this path, if you go down this path, that path is going to minister peace to you. That's going to minister life to you. That's going to minister joy to you. In other words, if you focus on this path instead of that path, glory to God, you bring life. In other words, if you focus on this one, it's going to bring pain, life, pain, life, pain. Which one are you going to choose? Because it's up to you to make that choice. Which path are you going to go down? Because let's just be real. When, when problems start coming at you, there's natural things you have to think about. And you deal with those. But then you have to choose what are you going to dwell on when you go through that. When it's all coming against you and it's coming, coming against you and, and you know, your natural instincts, your, your frustration and all of this, it's when you've got to buck up and you pull up your bootstraps and you, you say, no, I'm not going to continue to dwell on this. I'm not going to continue to try to figure out who to blame. I'm not going to continue to how to figure out how, why, all of this. No, I'm going back over here to know that I am an overcomer because the Word of God says I'm an overcomer. I'm going to overcome this situation. And you do not lose your joy. You do not lose your joy, right? You continue to follow the path of spiritual things. Knowing what you know. Always lean back to what you know is true. And the one thing that we know is true is the Word of God. And it begins, all of that is controlled by the thoughts that you allow to go through your head. All of it starts right there. And that's how you control your thought life. Now, it's not easy. You want to know what makes it easier? Renewing your mind. Do you know renewing your mind? You're renewing your mind every day on something. You are. If you dwell on your problem and you focus on that problem and you focus on the tragedy and you focus on all that, guess what? You're renewing your mind on that problem. But what makes it easier when you renew your mind on the Word of God? Daily. 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 Guys, there's times I have to renew. I mean, I'm renewing mine constantly. I have to. I have to. I'm, I mean, I, you know, they told us when we went through Bible college that being a pastor can be lonely sometimes because your, your focus has to become all about the Word. You know, some, normally people can be about the Word and then they take a break. Be about the Word, take a break. But as a pastor, you have to consume yourself with it because you've got a lot of pressure on you. And you have a lot of responsibility, which I embrace. I take it. And I'm okay with that, right? But that, and that, and that's, that's, that's a part of who I am. Amen. Glory to God. But it all, listen, you can control your thoughts. Because bad thoughts will come. Bad thoughts may come to you a hundred times an hour. Right? But that's a hundred times an hour where you need to rebuke those bad thoughts. See, people give up. Well, they keep coming. They keep coming. I can't control it. Yes, you can. You keep fighting. You don't give up. You keep rebuking. You keep rebuking. You keep re- resisting what the Word of God says. Resisting, resisting, resisting. And don't speak on those thoughts because when you speak those thoughts, you speak them into existence. And you keep resisting if it comes 500 times. Guys, keep fighting the fight. Keep resisting and be diligent to rebuke those and get them out. Eventually, Satan's had enough. I can't get this one. I'm moving on. Now it gets a little easier. And plus, you've learned through the process how to fight the next time the trial comes. Next time the struggle comes. You keep casting those thoughts down. And guys, you know, when you lean in on God, 
And when you choose to fight that fight and you can choose to put him first, revelation begins to come. Psalms 36 9 says, The fountain of life flows from you to satisfy me. In your light of holiness, we receive the light of revelation. Guys, when you're in the middle of that storm and you're refusing to go carnally and you're staying spiritually and you're focused on God and you're putting Him first, even not praising Him for the problem and the pain, but praising Him for the solution and you keep bringing, putting Him up there and you're faithfully serving Him, faithfully praising Him, glory to God, that's when the Holy Spirit can bring revelation. You get answers. You get answers to things that you didn't know even through the situation when you put God first. And see, that's what most people are after, are the answers when they're trying to figure out the unknown over here and the things they can't figure out. Glory to God. Revelation comes. And I'm going I'm to close with this, but think about it like this. God's Word is God's thoughts, right? Think about it. This, this is, I want you to really get this. That's right. God's Thoughts is let me say right. God's thought is God's word. In other words, the Holy Spirit inspired it, and an obedient author wrote it down. Right. So that was God's thoughts. His word, his 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 word is God's thoughts. So if God's word brings life, then it's easily to say that God's thoughts bring life. Right. Think about it. God's thoughts bring life. Of course. So let me ask you this. Have any of you ever had a thought that brought you down? Now, every person in here should shake their head. Ever had a thought that just took the wind out of your sails? A thought that just, 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 just made you feel like you want to quit? A thought that pushed you into depression, pushed you into sadness? Maybe a thought that pushed you to a point where you don't feel like living anymore? A thought that just pressed you, pressed, completely just seems like it's taking the life out of you? Well, I think all of us have had bad thoughts at some point or another. But let me ask you this. If a thought can bring you down, a thought can bring you over. Amen? It's very important what you think of. If a thought can, if, if a thought can, can bring you down, a thought can bring you over. So what are you thinking on? Amen? If a thought can minister death to you, if a carnal thought can bring death, minister death to you, but a spiritual thought can bring life, what are you thinking on? If a, if a thought can, can make you weak, a thought can make you strong. If a thought can hurt you, a thought can heal you. What are you thinking on? It's very important, guys. What are you thinking on? What are you thinking on? Learn to focus on what we know is true. And let me, let me just say this, guys. Because this is one everybody... Go with me to... I'm going I'm to go a little bit different direction here. Go with me to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19 in verse 11. Because I want, I want to make sure... I say with verse 11. Let me see where we're going. Yeah, we'll start. Uh, yeah, we'll start in verse 11. This is... Everybody struggles with, is God in my storm? God's not in your storm. I can say that, but I'm going to show you this. We already talked about Luke 8, 23. And God's not in your storm. God, God wasn't in the, if God was in the storm, Jesus couldn't rebuke the storm. Because Jesus was to walk this earth doing the will of His Father that sent Him. So He couldn't have rebuked the storm. So look right here, it says, verse 11, it says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after that came the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. 
And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. There he was. He was in the still, small voice. He's not in your storm. You know, when you study the book of Job, and that's a big one that everyone, everybody has so many issues over, it's not really that hard when you break it down into context. And you, you can see, in the, in, when you break it down in chapter 1 and chapter 2, you can clearly see the devil is the one that brought the storm that took his family. Right? When you st- the point is, as settle in your mind, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And don't ever allow yourself to be blaming God for things that He doesn't need to be blamed for. Amen? Very, 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 very important. So listen, the next time you have an issue, the next time you're feeling sad and you're feeling lonely and this world is throwing everything to you, against you, trying to take the wind out of your sails, trying to take your feet out from under you, you remember, you have a choice to make. And you've got a choice to make. And you've got to remember, which path are you going to go down? Are you going to go down the carnal path? Always remember that's the path of least resistance, and you're going to be kind of you're going to kind of sway that way. Are you going to go down the? Now remember that path brings death. Are you going to choose the path that brings life, which is spiritual? Very important. Glory to God. Being carnal or being spiritual. Very important, guys. Control your thoughts. Keep your thoughts on what is true, which is the Word of God, and continue to dwell on those things, continue to speak on those things, glory to God, and don't allow yourself to fall into carnality and lose your joy. Especially this time of the year. This is the joyful season of the year. Let's pray.